Welcome back to Chapter 2 of Surrender on the Trail. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2. Yes, I want to go. Can I fit this into my schedule? Will Paul freak out? Will the boys be okay without me around? I will be off the grid. Off the grid. How wonderful that sounds. Probably no cell service. Can we afford this? Isn't camping supposed to be cheap? Oh, wait a minute. When is my period? I am not doing a cycle in the woods. No way. Joanne asks, what you thinking? Um, if I can make family and work stars align, if I can borrow some equipment from friends who are into hiking, then I'm all in. I have a few camping type folks in mind to ask. There is no budget for me to go hiking otherwise. Oh, honey, no worries. How about this? If it is meant to be, it will be. We won't force or pressure it to happen. Then my biggest fear pops up. You know I'm out of shape, right? I might be a slowpoke. No worries, she says. We won't rush. If you want to get to, if you want to and you get to go, then we'll take our time. All righty. I'll talk with the fam and get back to you. Okay. Joanne texts me a picture of the hiking plan. Backcountry camping trip guide. Four days, three nights. Hawks build a swift run via laurel prong. Trip description. Mountains, streams, waterfalls, Rapidan historic campsite. The twists and turns over varied terrain and elevation changes are listed as if the line dashes on the map are no big deal. Easy peasy. 23 miles, if all goes as planned. May 4, 2016. I wait for the right moment. I pace from the kitchen to the laundry room to the family room. More pacing. There is no right moment. Paul rests on the couch. I eye him. After all these years, I remember the butterflies we shared when we pretended not to look at one another the first time we met in the young adult Sunday school class. He had been a visiting college intern in his last semester. I was there that day because my campus minister challenged me to go back to my home church one last time before moving my membership officially to the church where I had been attending for months. Being there was me fulfilling a promise. If I had my way, that day was just a formality, a box to check, then move on. But someone caught my eye. Everything changed fast. While dating, we celebrated our total opposite personalities, bragged about it even. I would say things like, he likes a home to be organized. Then he would say, she likes a home to be clean. This should work out perfectly. Once married, simple differences like how to set up house overflowed into differences in how we view the world. Even though we see things somewhat similar, it became cumbersome to constantly translate the nuances. Over the years, we evolved from wanting to prove a point when we tried to talk or argue 
to me, agreeing with whatever most days. I grew tired of expressing, we are saying the same thing. I still adore his broad shoulders. I like the way he smells like Lever 2000 soap, and sometimes aftershave when we can afford it. I appreciate the way he nurtures and cares for our kids. The pictures of how lovingly he looked at both newborns are forever in my mind. He acts like he is going to be fine with Jacob leaving soon, but I am fairly sure he will struggle when departure day arrives. I am both mad at him for 23 years of reasons and mad about him at the same time. Down deep, I love him in a way that is eternal, no matter what. Our shared faith has been the foundation that did not crack, although the metaphoric home built above the foundation may not be as strong. It is time. I need to talk to you about something. He hesitates. Oh boy. I take a deep breath and tell him about the trip opportunity. Then I get serious. Look, I say, I'm dealing with a few things. Okay, he says. My brain is fried. I need this hike to take me out of my comfort zone. I need to get away. Like, deep in the woods away, both mentally and physically. Something I can't even believe I'm saying. He turns off the TV. I continue. I am incredibly sad. Sad because Jacob is leaving. I'm in denial that Ben is old enough to go to high school. And I'm angry. I pause. Angry at you. He says nothing but listens with his temples pointed in my direction. I'm mad because it seems like you never made a solid effort to get a better job when I switched to nonprofit work. I could totally accept if you tried and failed, but not trying is hard for me to accept. Shoot, I said the word never. We agreed long ago not to use trigger words like you never or you always. We are silent for about 30 seconds. He has not moved. I go in for the summary. So, two main things. One, I've got to let go of this anger toward you. Going through the motions of being nice when I do not feel nice has worn me out. I need a break. I exhale. Two, I am super sad because we have to let go of Jacob. He is so young. My eyes become wet. Basic training means we're not going to be able to talk with him for weeks. Then... There may be times when he deploys to fight a stupid war that most Americans do not seem to know is still happening. Technically, this kid is joining during a time of war. This is not like moving to a college dorm. Signing up for active duty is a change much more abrupt and final feeling. This feels like sacrifice. I'm struggling with why our son and why anyone's son or daughter. Paul is either turning in deep or blocking my words to protect his own feelings. I sniff. My ear, my tears are a steady stream now. Plus, I may have to let go of the organization that worked all these years to develop. I love what I do. It does not seem fair. Worse, I find myself mad at God for not providing. We have had too many years of financial strain. I picture going on this trip, sitting on a mountaintop, throwing my dreams off the side while saying, 
take it and do your will. Lord, take it. Just take it all. I cannot carry these burdens anymore. I whisper, if word from the mountaintop is that I'm supposed to let it go, then I will. Someone else can lead or we'll close the doors. Silence. Then Paul looks at me for the first time. Go. He has an understanding look in his face. Not at all what I expected. Do what you need to do and have fun. That's it? I expected him to give me reasons why I should not go hiking given my lack of experience. No doubt he would have multiple valid reasons. I take a breath. Okay. His kindness and acceptance are a terrifying miracle. Um, maybe you should talk me out of this, babe. I'll send you a text of the hiking plan. If you want to help me plan or gather things, I'm open to your ideas. Long ago, the man was in the Army National Guard. I know he has outdoor survival skills knowledge. He nods. Later, I tell the boys, Ben just Ben shrugs. Okay. Jacob says he wishes he could go with me, but he is pumped about going to Texas soon. I text Joanne. I am in. May 5th, 2016. A group of us are going to celebrate Cinco de Mayo and our friend Deb's birthday at the local Cancun restaurant. After working professionally together for over a decade, Deb and I have accepted in recent years that we have become good friends. I have not had a chance to tell her about the AT trip. It would be fantastic if Deb were going too. She would be a wonderful addition to team camaraderie. Last night and this morning, Paul and I began making a list of supplies needed. He also gave me tips like, don't set up your sleeping bag on a tree root. Look for a soft spot or spread leaves out underneath where you rest. I have been thinking about details while still processing in my own head the fact that I am going at all. There is lots to do and not many days to prepare. Deb, Joanne, and a social work intern, Courtney, are already seated at a long table when I arrive. There is room for other guests who will come and go as part of the party celebration. A box cake is on my end of the table. We exchange happy birthday greetings and food orders arrive. We also celebrate that Courtney is about to graduate May 14 from Xavier University. My mind quietly thinks about the AT trip while people joke and chat. I do not plan to discuss the trip at all today, since this is a gathering for other reasons. I want to tell Deb on my own when I get a chance. One of the silent things I ponder is that the cost of the trip is an issue. I can't make purchases. We have no credit cards, and the debit card is stretched to the penny each month. I consider who in my neighborhood and friend circle might allow me to borrow equipment. Knowing where my mind might be, Joanne interjects. Hey, Glenna, you're going to need a good pair of hiking boots. Deb says, for what? I am surprised. Joanne must really be over the top excited about this trip. All eyes turn to me. I answer, well, within the last 24 hours, I've agreed to go on an Appalachian Trail section hike with Joanne. We'll be in the Shenandoah National Park for almost a week. I look at Deb. My raised eyebrows ask if she would like to go. 
Reading my nonverbal cue, Deb says, that sounds fun, but my niece could not do that. Courtney, though, looks more intrigued by the idea. She asks about the dates and if other women can join the team. Is she interested in being part of this idea? Are there bears in that area? Joanne answers Courtney. Oh, yes. We will have to put our food in a bear bag, then use a rope to throw the bag up and over a tree branch, away from where we set up camp. My eyes widen. Snakes? Courtney asks. Yes. Some poisonous, some not. I start to think that Courtney going on the trip could be good. She is young and probably could run for help if we need it. Then an opportunity to help look comes over Deb's face. She says, Boots! A few months ago, I stopped by a shoe outlet in Louisville. There was a $7.50 sale on Swiss hiking boots that were originally priced $110. I don't hike. They were not my size, but I couldn't resist knowing that someone I know surely will need them, especially for that price. What size do you wear? I reply, nine. Deb says, I had no idea why I couldn't resist those boots. This must be why. I will go home tonight and let you know what size they are. The table oozes and awes. This may be divine, Joanne says. Then Courtney offers, my sister is into this kind of thing. She has hiked a lot and has all the equipment. I can ask her for advice. I will welcome all the advice and divine intervention I can get. As we are in line to pay for our food, Deb says to me, this will be good for you to get away after Jacob goes. I nod. Exactly. 7 o'clock p.m. I receive a text from Deb with a picture of the boots. Size 9. Glenna. Wow. Magic boots. Thank you. Deb. This trip is meant to be. Hi, thank you for listening or reading Surrender on the Trail. This podcast is available on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. I'll let you know if more become available. This is the story of an overweight mom who ran away to be alone with God on a mountaintop, only to discover she was being prepared for something much different in life than she imagined. If you'd like to support this creative work of Surrender on the Trail, there is a support button on the podcast. Another way to help is to subscribe to the blog on the website, glennasedwards.com. Or you can help by retweeting posts on Twitter or telling friends about it. Now, Please enjoy some extra content that you can only find on the podcast. Thanks again.